hello, Liberty Family Church. So good to uh, be able to share with you again. If you are a guest, you're not part of Liberty Family Church, it's so great to have you listening in, watching in, whenever, wherever that may be. Um, uh, and uh, today I'm excited once again and privileged once again to be sharing with you um, something of God's Word, something I feel is has been placed on my heart and I've been eager to share it with you uh, this week. So my prayer and my hope is that it will be helpful, meaningful, impactful, um, perhaps challenging, uh, but I, I really hope and pray that it, it uh, produces something good, something beneficial for us. So maybe as we start, if I can pray for us together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and powerful. And as I read your word today, God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts to hear, not just to understand, but to be changed and transformed and to experience what you intended us to experience um, by engaging with your word. So God, please speak to us today. Use me as you see fit. Um, I pray for clarity of mind and thought, and I pray for, that every word that comes from my mouth that uh, is from me and not from you, God, may we forget it. But God, if it's a word that comes from you, Lord, I pray that you would make it come alive to us. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, and I want to Launch off today from Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 to 27. It's quite a famous um, couple of verses, and you may have heard it before, um, but don't let that um, don't let that then just go over our heads and our hearts. Um, but I, I I really hope that that we that we hear it with fresh perspective and fresh ears. Verse 26. This is God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel. And he says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. This is a big deal. God is saying, I mean, this is, this is the gospel. It's the twofold aspects of the gospel. So here's the bad news. You've, you've got a heart that's dead. It's stone, cold, hard, not alive, not beating. Bad news. I'm going to take it out. Good news. I'm going to give you a new heart. It's alive. It's flesh, soft, warm. It's able to beat, keep you alive, right? So obviously we're dealing with metaphors here. And then he says, and I'm going to put my spirit in you. God puts his spirit in us. Now, now, when is this prophecy for? Well, it was fulfilled at the time of Jesus. His life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, his promise of the Holy Spirit for everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to this earth. That anyone who believes in him, 
puts their faith in him, trusts in him, willingly gives themselves to him. God says, you're mine and I will put my spirit in you. In fact, Jesus went so far as to say, the father and I will come and make our home in you. God himself living in me, living in you. Who are we? Who are we that God would want to live in us? Nothing great. It's the free gift of God. It's grace, isn't it? Grace is receiving what we don't deserve. Boy, I don't deserve God himself, his spirit living inside of me. And neither do you. How amazing is God? How amazing is it to have the spirit of God living inside of us? And so using that as a launch pad, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I want to really focus on the call to unity in the spirit. Unity in the spirit. Now, with noting uh, a couple of things. Number one, it's not unity as the world or the culture around us would understand. It's not unity in mind, unity in goal, unity in doctrine, unity of people. It's unity in the spirit. And not like, you know, we're of one spirit and, you know, there's an, an air of energy and that's the spirit. Not, not that kind, not sort of the metaphorical. This is the Holy Spirit. Unity of the Holy Spirit that is living inside each and every person who's put their faith in Christ. It's also worth noting that Paul's saying we need to put effort into keeping the unity of the Spirit. Maintain the unity of the Spirit. Make every effort to do it. Kind of um, implies then that, well, unity is not something that comes passively, naturally, or by default within the church, is it? Unity in the Spirit means we actually need to pay attention, make every effort to maintain it and to keep it. And so from this passage, I want to look at two reasons. There are perhaps several others. I just want to look at two reasons Paul gives for maintaining unity in the Spirit and one how. So two reasons and one how. From verse 4, he says, there is one body and there is one spirit. So reason number one, why should we maintain unity in the spirit? Well, he says there's one body, one body. Now, just a, a, another sort of paragraph on, if we go to verse, so, so same chapter, verse 15 to 16. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head 
into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So we have this picture here of a body that is made up of Christ followers, Christians, people who've put their faith in Christ. They are the body and Jesus himself is the head. Look at verse 16. The whole body joined together, held together. Each part is working properly. There's different parts and they make the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. If you were to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul like sort of double clicks on this metaphor and he looks at this metaphor a whole lot more. And that's totally worthwhile doing. Please go and do that. Go and have a look. 1 Corinthians 12, one body, many parts. And so the picture here is, hey, we've got a body made up of many Christians, all different parts. Christ himself is the head. We're held together, joined together, growing together, working together. Maintain the unity in the spirit because there is one body. So reason number one for maintaining unity in the spirit. There is one body. Now, two things I want to point out over here. I would like to encourage us, A, to value the different parts of the body. I remember hearing a, a pastor once sharing he had a, a lady who headed up um, kids' church in their church, and she loved Jesus, and she was passionate about children, and she firmly believed that Jesus loved little children. So much so that if someone didn't want to serve in kids' church, in kids' ministry, she questioned their salvation. To her, it was so obvious, I love Jesus and Jesus loves little children. And if you don't love little children and if you don't want to serve here, you clearly don't have the love of Christ in you. I'm not even sure that you love Jesus and that you are saved. Right? She owned that thing so much that it became easy for her to actually look down on other parts of the body. Uh, perhaps we could continue some, some examples. If we look at someone who maybe has, um, maybe you know some people who love God and it feels like God uniquely speaks to them frequently and often, almost like they have this sort of prophetic type of ministry and they're able to say, you know, I just felt God say this and God spoke to me about that and and so often it's on the money and you just know like God speaks to this person regularly in maybe a unique kind of way. It could be very easy for that person who's wired in a certain way, gifted in a certain way, that's their part of the body, that's their function for them to struggle to understand why why wouldn't you hear God for yourself? I'm no different from you. You should be pressing into the Lord. And if you're not hearing from the Lord, what is that? Why is that? Actually, it's important for us to say, wow, that's your part of the body and this is your part. Now, I'm not saying that you know only some people hear from the Lord, but some people have a unique relationship with the Lord and even a unique function and a unique gifting. 
And we should appreciate that. Perhaps we can look at, you know, some people have this gift of evangelism. Now, we should all be sharing our faith to various degrees, but people with this gift of evangelism are able to share the gospel and, and, and people just seem to be drawn to them and giving their lives to the Lord. And, and we can't look down on ourselves or someone else because they're not doing what comes so naturally and easily, what we're so passionate about and what God seems to have gifted us with or perhaps teachers or pastoral types or or anything that we feel strongly about and comes naturally to us and we're passionate about because we love the Lord. We should not look down on others, but rather appreciate the different parts of the body. Appreciate different parts of the body. But I also want to make mention of little part B here. So we're talking about maintaining unity in the spirit Reason number one, there is one body. I want to say first little part about that. Appreciate all the parts of the body, but also appreciate, B, appreciate the part that you are of. See, sometimes it's, it's easy for us to look at others, especially in limelight giftings. You know, they're up front and center. We see it often and, and we might say, oh man, I just kind of wish that I had that gifting, that strength, that function, that role. If only I could be like them. Oh, God has wired you a certain way. He's made you a certain way. And he doesn't make rubbish. He doesn't. And if God has wired you a certain way, don't despise that. Don't look down at that. If you are introverted and you wish you could be extroverted, if you are background rather than Limelights. If you are soft and gentle and wishing that you were strong and bold, or perhaps you are naturally gregarious and you steamroll people accidentally and you tread on toes and you just wish that you could be that gentle, quiet, hum. Okay, yes, let the Spirit of God work in you, but don't despise what God has put inside of you, how He has wired you. You are a part of the body and essential and vital. And maybe you feel like the elbow and you really wish like you could be the beating heart or the hand that does amazing things or the feet that runs fast. But if you are the elbow, that's, we, need, we need the elbow. We need the knee. We need the skin. We need the spleen. We need whatever part of the body you are. We need you. And I want to encourage you, don't look down on how God has made you and wired you and what part of the body you find yourself. You know, ah, oh, I wish I could be a life group. Not everyone's called to be a life group leader. Oh, I wish I could, not everyone's called to that. And so there is a time for saying, God, I, I desire the things that you have for me. What is that? Let me grow in that. Absolutely. But appreciate, A, appreciate all the parts of the body and B, appreciate and esteem the part of the body that God has made you to be. Let us appreciate one another. Maintain, keep the unity of the spirit. There's one body. Reason number two why we should maintain unity in the spirit is there's one spirit. And I come back to that Ezekiel chapter 36 where God has put his Holy Spirit inside you and inside you and inside you and inside you and inside me, we will have the same spirit. That is exciting for me. And what that means is that I should deeply value 
every person for whom Christ has died. Who am I? Who am I of all people? Who are you of all people to belittle or devalue someone for whom Christ has died? Whom God saw incredible value and sent his one and only son to die for them that they might be able to respond to Christ and have his spirit living in them. How much more brothers and sisters in Christ, in the church, people in whom the spirit of God dwells, should I not esteem them highly because God saw them so valuable that he would do that? And so, yes, I have the spirit of Christ in me. You have the spirit of God in you. There's all these different people and we are going to have differences. We are going to have differences. There's a reason why Paul's writing here and urging us to maintain and keep the unity of the spirit because we're going to have differences. And you might be a cessationist or a continuist. You might be into klein doop of groot doop. You might be a capitalist and someone else might be a socialist. You might believe in this and they might believe in that. You might be male, they might be female. They might be this nationality genetic heritage and they are of that genetic heritage. This culture, that culture. This age group, that age group. It doesn't matter. The Spirit of God lives in them. Does that not make them exceedingly valuable? So we may have differences, but we need to keep unity in the Spirit because there is one Spirit, the same Spirit. Let us esteem one another. Let us value one another because God himself lives in them, in him, in her, in me, in us. That's amazing. And I want to encourage you as well to allow you to value yourself. Now we cannot think too highly of us. I mean, we can. Let us not think too highly of ourselves but let us not think too lowly of ourselves. There's this beautiful tension with the gospel. God so loved you. You were so valuable that God sent his one and only son for you. By the way, you're not so great that anything you did deserved that. It's a free gift of God. So we step out into arrogance. Nope. The gospel brings us back in. We step into shame. Poor me. I'm so terrible. No, the gospel reigns us in, hauls us in. The truths of who God is and what he's done. Keep us in this wonderful, healthy tension. Praise God for his spirit. Praise God for his love. Praise God for the gospel of Jesus. I'm more sinful than I ever dared imagine and more loved than I ever could have hoped for. Beautiful, beautiful tension. You're not so great that God would save you, but you are so valuable that he would. Nothing you've done is free. You're so valuable. How great is that? How great is that? And so there is one body. Let us keep the unity of the spirit. There is one spirit. Let us keep unity in the spirit. Two reasons. So how do we do this? Just looking in this passage, Ephesians chapter four, verse one, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness. The gospel keeps us humble. Gospel should keep us gentle. I'm not so great, and yet I'm so valued. And because of that, when I look at others, I'm not greater than you. 
There's nothing in me that makes me greater than you, more valuable than you. And so I should be gentle. Now, I am... Um, I watched a stand-up comedy show by a guy called Michael McIntyre, British comedian. I, I don't love everything that uh, that he does, but there was one uh, thing that he did which I just found so funny. And I think the reason why everyone in the whole show found it funny was because it was like he was holding up a mirror and everyone recognized, oh, that's me. And so he talks about bad drivers. In fact, he talks about idiot Drivers. Now, I, I don't want us to go around calling one another idiots. I'm, I, I'm not happy with that. But he he does this little sketch where he, you know, he's, he's driving his car, and and he's, what is this person in front of me doing? He's driving like an idiot. There's an idiot driver in front of me, and so he goes through this whole thing, and 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 the chuckles in the audience begin, and I think many of us that would resonate. Now, here's the thing: is I don't know who the person is in front of me and I don't know why they're driving the way that they are, but I make a judgment call, right? In my arrogance, I start to say there is an idiot driver. I place their value as less than mine and mine greater than theirs because of the way that they are driving. And then he has this moment to, he says, we now have an opportunity to overtake. Let us see who this idiot driver is. And so he does, you know, he turns sideways and he's driving. And as you, you come up alongside them, you look at them you idiot. And of course, there's hysteria all around and, and he's holding up a mirror to me. I don't know about you, but I've certainly done that. Where I overtake someone, it happened this morning. I've prepared this message and I go to take my car in for a service and there's someone driving at 50 kilometers an hour in like the right-hand lane. And of course, everything inside of me says, what is this idiot? No. You know, and, then, and then, oh Lord, I've done the very thing that I'm sharing on. And of course I drive alongside and I want to have a look. Who is this person? And then you look at the person and you say, oh, well, it makes sense because they are. No, no. Be humble and gentle. Don't, don't the two go hand in hand because when I'm proud, I'm rough and I'm coarse and I make these judgment calls. And, and he even does the voice, you idiot. You know, it's, it's this rough, no, no. The spirit of God could be living in that person. God deemed that driver in front of me so valuable that he sent his one and only son for them. Who am I that I get to claim I'm any better than them? Never mind be rough with them and start calling names in my head and in my heart with this kind of coarse roughness. No, 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 no. And so humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. Patience. Isn't it interesting? Writing to the church that the Apostle Paul has to appeal that we be patient with one another. Why must we be patient with one another? Well, because impatience is a tendency because I tend to put myself first. I put myself first, and that is why I'm impatient. I want to get somewhere faster. Why are you driving slowly? I'm impatient with my children because I have said this. I have asked, we need to do this, and you are stopping, and now I'm frustrated because you are messing with my plans, my world, my desires, me, 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 me. 
I need to come back to the gospel, don't I? I need to see the value of these people, value of my children, value of the stranger in the car, in the shop, in the wherever of my spouse. God so loved them that he sent Jesus to die for them. And if they are of the household of faith, if they are Christ followers, the spirit of God himself lives in them and me. Be patient. Bearing with one another. <laughs> I love that. Like, you know, when, when you say like, oh, I just can't bear it. I just can't, I can't stand it any longer. No, no. Bear with one another. Liberty Family Church. We are a community of believers that needs to bear with one another because we're annoying to one another. Maybe it's a Maybe it's a good thing because God gets to work the gospel in and through us that much more. Let it sink in that much more deeply. Bear with one another. We have differences of opinion, cultural backgrounds that are different, different experiences growing up, different hurts, different filters, different defense mechanisms, different lenses, different worldviews, different, so many differences Bear with one another in love. In love. Not in arrogance or shame. I mean, it's just them. It's just, we can bear with someone in total false humility. Totally arrogant. No, no, no. Bear with one another in love. Place myself down for your benefit. Bear with you in love. Not belittling, not diminishing. Bear with one another in love. Eager, verse 3, to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Opposite of peace, war, clashing, botson, boxing, right? What I want, what I need, me, 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 no, 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 peace, lay it down, serve, love, humble, gentle, because God values them. God lives inside of them and he lives inside of me we are one body and we share one spirit come let us be eager to keep and maintain unity in the spirit now this idea of having one body and i want to finish off with this this idea of having one body i know that many of us feel disconnected from the body this lockdown thing it's been a long time and we're missing gathering together on Sundays we're missing life groups and and for some of us we might be really really struggling with that I want to encourage us if you are starting to become isolated from the body I want to encourage you to get slotted into the body it's just going to look very different from what it used to look like that's not necessarily a bad thing. God has not been caught by surprise with lockdown. He's not throwing his hands up in the air and saying, well, let's just take a break until coronavirus is done. God is at work. Liberty Family Church. He's at work in individuals and he's at work around the world and he's working and doing something. Of the extension and expansion of his government and peace, there will be no end. I I believe that firmly. And so if God is at work, I want to encourage you to participate and get stuck into 
the body, whether that's online life group meetings, I don't know, maybe it's WhatsApp groups, don't let yourself become isolated. I was chatting uh, with Moira recently, and she had some wonderful insights and revelations. And so I've asked her to share those with you. And, And I hope that something sticks out. And I hope that it's an encouragement to you to participate and maintain unity in the body, unity in the spirit. Hi, Liberty, from uh, freezing Somerset Western Surrounds. Um, I guess you're all feeling as cold as I am. Matt's just asked me to um, share some little insights that I had got once we moved into this house. Uh, it's been a real um, lesson time for me. So we had a little... Uh, patch of garden at the back of our little cottage and it was awfully overgrown and so um, being the avid gardener that I am I decided I was going to clean it up and there were four dominant um, corners each corner was um, had a had a, a special plant in it and they were wild sages and they grew beautifully they were stunning but they were they were getting a little out of hand, so we just um, I just decided to cut them back a little. And once I had started doing that, I realised that wow, there was a whole wealth of uh, beautiful little plants trying to find their way out of this uh, shadow of the um, I think it was salvia actually it wasn't uh, lavender, but anyway. So um, as I started cleaning up this patch, I found all these beautiful little plants. Um, quietly growing in the shade of of these overpowering bushes and um, just felt that there was something in that picture for me. Um, And then there was um, another uh, instance when I went up up on our deck and uh, was just looking out at sunset across the whole of of, uh, Cape Town and it was the most incredible experience and um, having lived in a complex of duplexes for 20 years I realized that I had missed all the sunsets because I was living in this little box with walls surrounded by walls and um, I had become so attuned to that that I, I, I couldn't think of anything else or I couldn't I didn't think to go outside of those walls to to go and view this these incredible sunsets and sights. Um, and then there was a um, the time when we went to Madagascar as well. Um, uh, we got back and it had been a really uh, exciting uh, trip for us. And us sitting at home one Saturday and just looking out across the park at the trees um, uh, from our bedroom, which was upstairs, and. Uh, I just almost felt like the spirit was saying to me, you were growing in a pot in, and you were growing fire and you were actually bearing fruit and bearing flowers, but um, you have been transplanted so that your growth can be so much more. And so I think out of all of those little pictures, what I, I would like to just highlight is that um, with COVID and with the fact that we're not meeting the way we normally do, our, um, our routines have been disrupted and I think it's thrown us um, spiritually, emotionally uh, into a little bit of a turmoil. And I just uh, wanted to highlight that uh, those little pictures, those little insights that I, I honestly felt the Lord was showing me was that despite the fact that things have changed, um, 
we can break out of our pots, out of our duplex walls, uh, out from under overpowering circumstances. We can break out of those things and we can continue the work of Christ as, a, as the body of Christ. We, um, we, we can find lots of new ways of, of reaching people and entertaining people and encouraging people does not have to be um, within the boundaries of, of what we used to or what the norm has always been for us. Um, I think there's always grace for times when things have changed. And uh, we're in this, this time. Uh, we've been in it for about a year and a half now. So I just want to encourage you to break out of the pot that's, that you've been growing in comfortably. Uh, break out of the, the four walls of your confinements and look out above above those walls and see what there is to be done. Um, I think more than ever, we need to be reaching out and don't be satisfied to grow in the shadow of, of the leaders of the church uh, uh, who, who um, carry us so much of the time. Let's, let's um, grow out from underneath them and spread and produce and make beautiful flowers and change the world. So just wanted to share those with you. Uh, be blessed, be safe, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. So I, I hope that was helpful. I hope something stood out there. The, the goal of what I'm talking about today is it's maintain unity in the spirit. Reason number one, there's one body. Esteem all the parts of the body and esteem your parts as well. Reason number two, there's one spirit, the spirit of God living in each of us. Esteem one another and esteem yourself if you need to. Value one another, value yourself in there as well. And how do we do this? Well, there needs to be a lot of humility, gentleness, serving, peace, forgiving, bearing one another's burdens. Not, this is not easy. What enables us to do this? Well, is to come back and look at the gospel. Look at who we are. Look at who others are. And then by God's grace, by his, the power of his spirit, is to live in this new way of living. Maintain this bond of peace. Maintain unity in the spirit. This stage of Christian living in church is very different. And God is at work. And I want to encourage us to engage fully in that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask for or imagine can I pray for us heavenly father I thank you for the gospel that unifies us I thank you for the good news that you loved us so much God that you sent your one and only son to die for us that whoever would believe whoever would believe in you would not perish but have eternal life Jesus you said eternal life is to know the father and the son whom you sent so we get to know you your spirit living in us we are being bound together joined together growing together working together as one body under the head of Christ help us to be unified in the Spirit, loving, serving one another and you. Strengthen us this week. God, I pray for 
every person who's listening to this, who might be anxious about something, who might be carrying burdens about something, who needs strength and needs grace. God, I pray that they would find you and find grace and strength in their time of need. Jesus, thank you that you are our great high priest interceding for us. Thank you, Father, that you saw it fit to pour your spirit out in our hearts generously. You've not left us here as orphans. You've not left us alone, but you are at work and you've given us the dignity of participating in your work. Lord, be glorified in us and through us. Help us to know you and love you more. Help us to joyfully be the different parts that you've called us to be and go out into this world and and be that. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Thank you, Liberty Family Church. Hope that you have a great day, fantastic week. And uh, I'm, I'm praying that God is going to do something in you this week, through you this week. And I, I pray that we would hear some of those stories about what God has been doing and that we'd be able to share those stories with one another and be encouraged. So God bless. Looking forward to hearing those stories. Mm-hmm.